Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a night that the NFL returned, as far as the Hall of Fame game goes, we continue on uh, checking out different training camps around the NFL, and we take a stop with the Pittsburgh Steelers to help us do that right now. We have Dayon Kovacevic from uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports here with us on uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. And, Dayon, thanks so much for your time this evening. And I think that when you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's all about the quarterback position, right? Can Kenny Pickett take that step from year one to year two? What has been the early returns on Pickett so far in training camp? Well, the very early returns guy, and the single most encouraging thing about Kenny's training camp to date is that the ball is coming in a lot tighter. It's coming in uh, with more zip. And I'm talking mostly about the intermediate passes. He's always been able to throw the ball deep. There seems to be something of a misnomer about that, you know, that he can't, he can't gun it, he can't let it go. He's always, he was able to do that at Pitt. And he was able to throw underneath. What he, what he wasn't showing – as a rookie in the NFL last season, was a really good, solid 15, 20-yarder. And they, when they would come in, they'd be wobbly. And his receivers would kind of – I don't want to say they'd make excuses for him, but they'd find kind of terminology for it, like it's a catchable ball. It's a catchable ball. Well, what he's throwing now is a damn catchable ball. because it, it is zipping in there uh, both to his tight ends and to his wide receivers. And – that, to me, has been the most encouraging thing. I'm never surprised when Kenny shows uh, the type of poise that he has in this camp, that when he shows that he's the guy the way he has in this camp because he's been around, remember, uh, between you know, the Steelers and Pitt sharing the facilities, we've seen Kenny for a long, long time in these parts. Dan, there's a lot of big names in the AFC North at quarterback. Where does Kenny Pickett stack up against the other guys? Well, he doesn't. And when you're talking about really coming up with just ice-cold rankings, you're not going to compare him to Joe Burrow. You're not going to compare him to a former MVP in Lamar Jackson. You're not going to compare him to Deshaun Watson. However, however, the belief within the Steelers is that Kenny is woefully uh, underappreciated outside the city. And I think that's the operative term here, because normally in these cases, and I've been covering sports in this town for a long time, you'll say outside those walls. Well, in this case, it's the whole city. The city legitimately believes in this kid. 
because they've seen him win an ACC championship. They've seen him have those two comebacks late in the year in 2022 for the Steelers, including the great touchdown pass that he made to Najee Harris to win in Baltimore in the penultimate game. Uh, they've seen all this, and they believe in him. So it, it's, it's a, it, I've never – I've been covering the Steelers for a long, long time, guys. I have never seen a greater disparity between what the people on the inside, the, the actual fan base thinks of the quarterback and what the entire rest of the football world thinks. Dayon Kovacevic is our guest here on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. We're talking all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And from a lot of conversation I've had, it's about the Steelers and their defense as well. It's got to be better than it was last year. They made some improvements in the draft and free agency. How, what's the early returns on the defense so far? It's just so hard to tell. And, and the reasons for that is if you go back to 2022, the Steelers were tied for the NFL lead with interceptions. Most people don't even know that. It wasn't just Minka Fitzpatrick. They had a bunch of guys getting their hands on the ball. But they only had three fumble recoveries. Now, you can say all you want that fumble recoveries are luck, or you can point to the fact that T.J. Watt missed half the season and wasn't really himself coming back really soon, by the way, from that injury in the second half. The biggest issue on the defensive side of the ball right now for these guys is a lot of positional uncertainty. They like the options that they have, but you know what they say about having X number of options and not knowing who the starter is. It means right. you don't have anybody yet. And, and that's if you're starting Joey Porter Jr., 32nd overall pick in the draft just now out of Penn State, obviously uh, Joey Sr.'s kid, uh, if you're starting him at corner, he's having a, an interesting camp, competing hard against George Pickens. They've actually had some pushing and shoving and so forth in this first week or so. Uh, you don't know what you have. If Patrick Peterson, guy who might be headed to Canton because of his uh, his career in Minnesota, if he's sliding to the inside, as he's done occasionally at this camp, you don't know what you have. Do you see what I'm saying here? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's just a lot of there's a lot of moving parts. You, you know, you still have T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, and Minka Fitzpatrick, so you should have a very good defense. But there's just a lot of a lot of question marks around them. Dan, the Steelers have been the most stable franchise when it comes to head coaches for a long, long time. But Uh-oh. it's been been a while since you know Mike Tomlin and the Steelers have been in a in a Super Bowl. How do Steeler fans feel about Tomlin? Well, nobody really mentions not being part of a Super Bowl. What they mention is not having won a playoff game in a long, long time. Not since uh, not since the spring of twenty seven. The, the, sorry, the winter of twenty seventeen. Uh, in Kansas City, uh, that's a long time for the city of Pittsburgh and that particular franchise to not have any success in the playoffs. Last year, of course, they didn't make it at all. Uh, the The view of Tomlin here, remember what I just said to you about the view of Pickett, mm-hmm. what it is on the in, inside the city versus outside? This is the polar opposite. The rest of the football world thinks Mike Tomlin is the greatest thing ever, and and they're correct when they say that he would be snapped up like that by another team if he were ever to be made available. Inside, everybody's starting to get kind of tired of the same thing uh, year after year, hearing the same phrases, uh, not seeing some of the in-game management that they want to see, the clock management. And, and it's, it, it's, starting to, it's starting to get a little bit stale. But also, this is Pittsburgh. And the moment the Steelers do turn it around, everybody, including Tomlin, will be beloved again. 
So with that all being said, because we always hear about Tomlin doesn't ever have a winning or losing season. He never has a losing season. I mean, is there a little bit extra heat to not only not have a losing season, but also make that deep run in the playoffs? Oh, there's yeah, there's 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 heat galore from the fan base when it comes to Tomlin. Uh, they want to see they want to see a result. Right. You right, know, right. I, I know it, it's it's funny because on one hand, there is this belief in the quarterback. There's this belief that the offense, with the various pieces that they've got, not just Kenny, but Najee Harris, Pat Fryer moves. Now you have George Pickens beginning to emerge. I don't know if you guys saw that ridiculous yes. catch he made. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Deontay Johnson. They have players. They, they, they spent a zillion dollars on this offensive line. And have Andy Weidel, the former Philadelphia a director of player personnel bringing a lot of those guys over from the Eagles to try to take on that image to an extent. Uh, they've got a lot going for them, but it's going to start pointing back to the head coach if it doesn't happen. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, Dan, you talked about the the kind of the heat on Tomlin, you know, locally and, and internally somewhat. I mean, the FC North, you could argue, might be the toughest division in football. It's definitely one of them. Uh, like, what are the realistic expectations? I mean, are fans expecting the Steelers to win the AFC North over, you know, the Bengals and the Ravens? Or are they just kind of okay with making a, a wild card spot and, you know, getting into playoffs that way? The, the fans' expectations, the best of my ability to gauge this sort of thing, is that the, the Bengals are going to win the division if Joe Burrow is healthy. And, of course, that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, they see they don't see Cleveland or Baltimore really as being threats. They believe that the Steelers are the second best team in the division, and, and you're starting to hear a little bit more of that. Uh, I happen to agree with the assessment that the AFC North is the toughest, but only if you use that word in its literal sense. Uh, division in football, mm-hmm. uh, those games are just murderous. They're they're bloodbaths. Still, even now, when you've taken some of the you know the headshots and so forth out of the game, uh, you're still seeing that everything is decided by three points, by a late field goal, usually by Justin Tucker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I'm from Cleveland. But, but, I know that pain. I yeah. <laughs> definitely get it. Yeah, but Chris Boswell's <laughs> had his share of those too. But uh, you know, it's it's a, it's an incredibly competitive division. It's a tight division, and as such, those are all going to be games that you circle on your calendar as you're going through. But you asked about uh, the perception in, in Pittsburgh is that the Steelers are the second best team. But again, you know, you got to go prove it. They did win uh, in Baltimore last year. They beat Cleveland. They beat Cincinnati. So they had a, they had a win against all of those teams last year when all they did was go nine and eight. It's going to be interesting. Before we let you go, Dion, I did want to ask you about Darnell Washington, the young man out of Georgia, the big oh, tight end out of Georgia. I'm so glad you are. <laughs> what has been your thoughts on, on, on the big man from Georgia? Uh, okay, all this, this – I'm trying to give you, like, this super heady inside analysis and stuff, guys. On Darnell, I got nothing other than, oh, my God. <laughs> he, he's just so large. Okay, this is a six foot seven, two hundred sixty nine pound, sixty nine pound tight end, and you can't wrap your head around that until you see it. Like someone else says, well, Zach Gentry's on the depth chart too. Zach's an inch taller. Uh, uh-uh. uh, no. Okay, <laughs> Darnell had T.J. Watt coming at him in backs on backers drill, ate him up twice, twice. Wow. Okay, that's stuff that Andrew Whitworth does. All right, that's not stuff that some rookie tight end does. 
Uh, he then uh, Tomlin didn't wasn't satisfied with that. Mike Tomlin wanted to test him. Said hey, you five six points to Alex Highsmith. You go now. Alex Highsmith coming off fourteen and a half sacks goes right at him. Disappears into the black hole. <laughs> this is an elite blocking tight end who also can catch the ball. And after he catches it, nobody's particularly interested in trying to bring him down. No. You know who he looks like? Can I go back in time here with you a little bit? Yeah, please do. Eric Green. Eric Ooh. Green. Mm. Remember that name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tight wow. end in Pittsburgh. Then he went on to Baltimore. Just larger than life. And you say, how is this even possible? <laughs> um, he's healthy. The reason he fell in the draft out, out of Georgia was he went to the third, you know, fell to the third round because of his knee. He's healthy. He looks great. And he's taking on all comers. Well, I'll tell you what, Najee Harris is probably happy to see him out there as a blocker as well. That'll oh, just make so's Kenny. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no doubt. That's a great point. Great point right there. Mm-hmm, that's his Day- blind side. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Dayon Kovacevic with us here on Freddie and Fitz Simmons. You can find his work on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Dayon, thanks so much for the insight. We definitely appreciate you this evening. Good stuff, guys. Anytime.